31-year-old Leah Darrow was the Friday night speaker at this year's Steubenville East Youth Conference, which was held nearby at URI on the weekend of July the 24th. Leah Darrow has become a well-known and highly respected chastity speaker in recent years. But before that, her big claim to fame was that she was a contestant on America's Next Top Model. She was on during cycle three of the series, which aired back in 2004. Now, I don't know that because I watched it. <laughs> I looked it up. When she gave her personal testimony at the conference, she said that she grew up on a farm in Oklahoma, one of six children. She came from a family that practiced the Catholic faith. They all went to Mass together on Sunday. They even prayed a rosary together every evening as a family. Very good thing to do. However, during her teenage years, Leah began to drift spiritually. She experienced what she now calls a slow fade away from her Catholic faith. She got a new circle of friends that were not the best influence on her. That happens to many teenagers, even some teenagers here in our community. And she eventually embraced a very hedonistic, selfish lifestyle. Now, in the midst of all this, she began to do some modeling. And after she graduated college, she decided on a whim to try out for the show America's Next Top Model, this so-called reality show. And I say so-called because, as Leah Darrow said during her testimony, and here I quote, there is nothing real about reality TV. And she knows it by experience. So often, as most of us know, they film scenes of conflict between the contestants on these shows. But as Leah noted in her talk, most of the time, the producers of these programs create the circumstances that lead to the conflict. That's the part they don't tell you. For example, she said that she and the other contestants on this show had absolutely, positively, no privacy whatsoever when they were competing. In fact, she said that the producers took off all the doors off of the hinges in the hotel where they were staying, and that includes the door to the bathroom. Consequently, these young women had men, and that is to say male persons, following them around with cameras 24 hours a day, literally 24 hours a day. They also didn't give the contestants enough food or enough rest. They kept them going. So I ask you, my brothers and sisters, would you or would you not be a little bit edgy if you were hungry and sleep deprived and living in a hotel with a bunch of strangers? a hotel in which you had absolutely no privacy and no time for yourself? I think the answer should be obvious. Leah Darrow was eventually eliminated from America's Next Top Model, but her appearance on the program, as you might imagine, opened up the doors for her professionally when it came to modeling. She got a lot of big modeling jobs. 
Of course, the interesting thing is, during this part of her life, she really wasn't very happy. She had a measure of success, fame, notoriety. She was making a good bit of money. She had physical relationships with a number of different men. But she had no peace. Finally, it all came to a crisis point during a big photo shoot that she did in New York City for an international magazine. She had been asked to wear a very skimpy outfit, an immodest outfit, something that, unlike anything she had modeled before. She said she felt, quote, unquote, uncomfortable, scared, exposed. And she suddenly came to the realization that she had been squandering for many years the gifts that God had given her. She said she had a St. Paul moment, you know, the kind of moment St. Paul had on the road to Damascus when God revealed himself so powerfully to Paul. And in this moment, she imagined herself standing before Almighty God at the end of her life, wearing the outfit she had worn in that photo shoot. And she had her hands, her cupped hands, out in front of her as if she was offering what was in them to God. The thing is, she had nothing in her hands. Her hands were empty, symbolic of the fact that she had nothing good to offer to God based on the way she had been living her life for these recent years. No acts of love, no acts of selfless charity, nothing. It was a graced moment for this young woman. And in that moment, she said, and here I quote, I knew I had to change, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. And so she said to the photographer and the crew doing the photo shoot, I can't do this anymore. Referring not just to the photo shoot itself, but to the entire lifestyle she had been living. Well, they responded with several words that cannot be said from this pulpit. They leveled several threats at her. The photographer said, look, if you walk out of here, if you don't finish this, you will be a nobody. You will never work here again. Well, they didn't realize, but Leah was actually happy to hear that at that point. And so when she got to the door, she turned the handle looked back at these men and said, do you promise, do you promise that I'll be a nobody? That's great. I want to be a nobody to this so that I can be a somebody to Christ. And she walked out the door. She cried all the way back to her apartment she said she did what any young girl would do in that kind of situation. She called her dad, who was living at the time in St. Louis. She said to him, and here I quote, Daddy, if you don't come and get me, I'm going to lose my soul. Well, he's a good dad, and he came, got in the car, drove from St. Louis to New York City. He encouraged his daughter to make a good confession. And then he actually took her to the local church so that she could meet with the priest 
there and receive the sacrament. The rest, as they say, is history. Leah got her life together, she renewed her faith, she got reconnected to the church, and since then she's become a very effective speaker at conferences like the ones our teens attended just a couple of weeks ago at URI. She's now doing great things for the Lord. But please hear me, my brothers and sisters. It all started, it all began at that decisive moment in her life when she was willing to stand apart and stand alone for Jesus Christ. That's the key point to remember. Forget everything else I said about her story. Remember that point. That's why I shared her story with you today in this homily. Think about it. If Leah Darrow had not been willing to confront that photographer that day during that photo shoot and walk out the door, she'd still have empty hands at the present time. She would still be miserable, probably more miserable than ever. And her life would be going in a completely different direction. Leah's story popped into my mind as I read today's Gospel reading and thought about Peter and Peter's confession of faith. As we heard a few moments ago at Caesarea Philippi that day, Jesus asked his disciples a question, a key question, a crucial question, a decisive question. Who do you say that I am? And I say this was a crucial question, a decisive question, because the answer those apostles gave would determine a lot of other things. It would determine their level of loyalty to Jesus in the future. It would determine their willingness to listen to Jesus and obey him in the future. It would determine their willingness to follow Jesus, especially when things got tough. You see, if they thought that Jesus was just a great teacher or just a great philosopher, they could justify disobeying him in the future. They could justify disagreeing with his quote-unquote opinions about things. They could justify walking away from him when things got difficult. But if Jesus Christ was something more, if he was the Messiah, who had a special relationship, a unique relationship with the Heavenly Father, if he was all of that, then they couldn't justify any of those things. They would have to be loyal to Jesus, and listen to Jesus, and obey Jesus, and follow Jesus, no matter what. Well, we all know what happened. Peter stepped forward, and he boldly declared what he believed. Like Leah Darrow, he stood apart, and stood alone for the Lord. He said, you are the Christ, the Messiah the Anointed One, the Son of the Living God. Now maybe, just maybe, some of the other apostles, at least a few of them, were thinking the same thing. Perhaps, just perhaps, some of them had the very same belief about Jesus. But we don't know that for sure. In fact, I think it's much more likely that the other 11 did not believe what Peter believed. At least not fully. 
I say that because according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, who are the three gospel writers who record this event, John doesn't write about this event, but according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, none of the other apostles said anything after Peter made his profession of faith. They were totally, completely silent. Which leads, I think, to the obvious question. If they did believe the very same thing that Peter believed about Jesus, then why didn't they speak up? Immediately after Peter did, they all wanted to take credit for everything. When you read the Gospels, you see that. Why didn't they say, Immediately, all together, oh yes, Jesus, we agree, Peter's right. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. We're with him. We got the right answer too. To me, their silence speaks volumes. To his great credit, Peter was not influenced by those other apostles, by their hesitancy, by their doubts, whatever it was. He believed Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the Son of God, and he said it. And notice, his willingness to step out in faith and lead his fellow apostles was rewarded by our Lord, who made him, in effect, the very first pope. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, although they're going to try. Standing up for Jesus Christ and his truth, my brothers and sisters, and this is the good news, always has its reward. Sometimes in this life, always in eternity, and sometimes both here and in eternity, as was the case for Peter. For Leah Darrow, the reward is coming as she sees the lives of young people, and really not so young people, change for the better through the talk she gives in settings like the Steubenville East Youth Conference. We live in a society right now where anti-Catholicism is rampant. It's everywhere. No news there, I'm sure. As someone once said, and there's no truer statement I've ever heard in my life, anti-Catholicism is the last respectable prejudice left in America. When you face those attacks at school, at work, or maybe, sad to say, even in your own family, do you respond like Peter and Leah Darrow? Or do you remain silent? That's the key question of the day for all of us. To those of you who do respond and defend Christ and his church, to those of you who do stand up and affirm your faith like Peter and Leah Darrow, I will give this last word of encouragement. When your life is over and all is said and done, you will be very, very glad that you did.